Good evening, dear listener. Pull up a chair, pour yourself a nice drink, put your feet up in front of the fire, and sit back and, re- and relax and listen to the dulcet tones of some ordinary match-going fans talking in plain and direct terms about the state of the entity we both hate from time to time and yet love permanently. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, LGBTQI, and even those not of this planet, welcome to the podcast of choice for those who happily live with the cognitive dissonance that you get from supporting Chelsea FC. Welcome to the Podding Shed. Our last episode was in March, and although this is now the start of May, uh, I'm going to treat this as April the 31st and say that this, and due to game timing, uh, this was the first proper opportunity to discuss the current state of the Chelsea nation. Um, and once again, in a flagrant show of dissident, dissent and disregard, I've decided that much like the magazines, this is going to be the March episode because I'm pretending it's April still. Uh, yes, folks, despite the move to a monthlyish frequency, we still pod when we want. Um, so tonight, despite their gameful employment doing stuff that is really is terribly important in their lives, I've managed to assemble our very own version of the Avengers. Um, minus, of course, the lovely Alex, who without doubt would be our Natasha Romanoff or the Black Widow. But the guys I've got and assembled are ready to chew the fat, chew some ears, and probably chew themselves to bits just to bring you the view from the front line. Um, just to go over that again, these are fans that go to the games, that run the full gamut of emotions from joy to heartbreak, just to joust with each other verbally and to offer informed and ill-informed, well-judged and misjudged, thoughtful and knee-jerk comment for all of your enjoyment. And they do it all for free. Um, so, continuing our slightly different format, um, tonight we'll carry on in that free-form conversation rather than just concentrating on match reviews um there's plenty of reviews to read if you really want to do it but this is going to be a slightly broader conversation and it might involve other things general about football um uh, not just chelsea that is the way it's going to go because i'm just going to sit back and let these three throw darts at each other this is episode 92 and the episode is as yet untitled but of course uh the dear leader and promoter nick our very own version of nick fury We'll brainstorm something brusque, bright, bombastic, brilliant, brave, and maybe even bonkers with which to title the episode. So let's crack on and start by introducing tonight's Podding Shed Superheroes and Mutants. Um, starting with me, of course, my name is Tony Glover, also known by my Twitter handle, GrocerJack, at GrocerJackUK. And for tonight, I'm going to attempt to be the Tony Stark of the outfit, um, the Iron Man. I'm going to try and keep the rest in control, intervening with just the old smart-ass comment when relevant. Um, plus... In the same vein as the Avengers, I'm also the oldest, and anybody who thinks that Robert Downey Jr. isn't the oldest of the Avengers is kidding themselves. So let's first of all, um, I would have been at this point introducing our very own version of Captain America, a man surviving in the modern world whilst keeping his feet firmly fixed in a world from years ago on a planet that we know as simpler times but he's going to be late and that's our donal our musical uh, our musical artiste so um, at some point in the proceedings i'm hoping that we'll get him on board uh, by uh, the seamless late join so let's go back and next after a brief sojourn from his now regular starting place we have our very own thor 
chiselled good looks and someone not scared to use rational thought and opinion as his hammer of justice with which to defeat the unreasonable unjust please welcome Martin Wickham also known on Twitter as at Martin underscore Wickham evening Martin <laughs> evening I had one if you saying I was Bruce Banner but there we go no 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 no. I, I, I thought I thought of Thor and I thought of the hammer of justice and I just thought um, now there's a bloke who probably wouldn't mind swinging an hammer at a few people from time to time <laughs> You know me too well. Indeed, indeed. Um, and next, next and back for another session, we welcome back, uh, well, well, we welcome him back, of course he's, he's been quite a regular lately, um, but he could only be our latest, or the latest Avenger, couldn't he? He's our very own Black Panther, or as he once described himself, not as the special one, but as the cantankerous one. Please welcome Kweku, also known as, at number one, is Chelsea on Twitter. Good evening, Kweku. Thank you very much. And yeah. just like uh, Prince of Wakanda, <laughs> wealth distribution. Yes, indeed. Good, and it's good to hear you. And, uh, and thank you for letting me do that, <laughs> by the way. Um, you could have just come on and gone, you racist, um, which you did in your email, of course, but uh, with a smile. Um, I might, I might yeah, do that. <laughs> indeed, yeah. Um, and as a super bumper bonus... Uh, we see the return of our last Avenger. He's been out for a few episodes, but he's our, our very own version of Vision. Quiet, thoughtful, calm, and without doubt, the one with the poshest voice. And he is probably the most powerful of all, as he is on the board of the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Please welcome Dan Silver, also known as at DanSilv73 on Twitter. Evening, Dan. You said... Posh, I was waiting for somebody else to be introduced. <laughs> uh, it was difficult, really. I was going through the list of Avengers and thinking, oh, I don't know. I mean, the only one that really, really matched perfectly in every way was probably Alex being the Black Widow and, and, and basically just smashing everybody up whenever she gets the opportunity. But, um, yeah, um, it was, I thought, nice and topical to introduce us as that. And But anyway, so on to the football. Um, as the season draws to a close, we continue our um, ongoing conversation about the state of the Chelsea nation in this, as I said, slightly um, different uh, change of format. So I'm going to start the, 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 the proceedings off, and I think we should, uh, bearing in mind um, uh, recent events, I think we should start with a quick capped off in the direction of our youth uh, for their remarkable win last night um, over two legs to win the FA Youth Cup final for I think which is, I think it's five on the bounce now, um, which I, I believe equals Matt Busby's, um, uh, the Busby Babes team from the uh, mid sixties, um, and uh, I think oh no actually would have been before that wouldn't it I think it was back in the uh, pre Munich days wasn't it um, but uh, I think it's quite a remarkable achievement and and I'm just wondering. Um, you know, whether or not from this particular squad, having seen this victory, you know, if anybody thinks there might be someone to, um, to break through, we are going to go through a little bit this later, but I'm going to kick off with comments from the panel and I'm going to kick off with you, Dan. Um, I think Hassan Doy is best set to make it because he looks an absolute player and everybody, upon everybody, has really rated him very, very highly. He looks an outstanding talent. He's got his head screwed on. I think definitely him. Um, Dujon Sterling, I think, could come a close second. Obviously, Ampad has already made a bit of a breakthrough. So those three. Um, and possibly centre-half, the one with the... Uh, is it Rhys James? Rhys Jones. Yeah, he was the captain last Rhys night, wasn't James. he, I think? Yeah, yeah, he, he looks a good player. Um, I listen, you know, it's a fantastic achievement five years in a row. As we've said time and time 
again, the next two, three years is huge for development, depending on whether they're going to get a really good loan or they're going to sort of go by the wayside. So it's a really key in the development what happens to the next season. Uh, do we, like, uh, Tammy's had a fairly good couple of loans and he could be coming back. Um, it's, it's a tough one because the jump up from, you know, 18s, 21s to where we are is absolutely huge. And as good as yeah. we are at 18, 19, there's a massive step up to, to the levels we're at. So I so say the next couple of years, I think it's going to be really crucial for all those players. Indeed, and I, I thought that last night the, the the bits of the game that I watched, I had it on sort of on a side screen whilst I was doing the I was actually doing the fan cast, um, uh, and I went back in time just to to watch a few bits and pieces um, on on the replay, or you know some like the you know when you wind it back from your V six box or whatever, um, and it did strike me that they're you know they're playing people of equal or less capability and uh, and and that's a huge difference between that and the grizzled um professional old pros who you know know every trick in the book Kweku have we lost him Kweku hello uh, right here sorry yeah yeah um your your thoughts yeah i mean uh i think um this is the fifth time the youth team have won the competition in a row that equals the Busby Babes um, which I think just goes straight back to the usual debate that we have the whole time which is why aren't any of them in the first team Um, Hudson Odoi last night and throughout the competition and every time I've seen him um, in and around the first team looks like possibly the most exciting player we've had since John Terry um, if not more exciting because he's actually somebody who plays further further forward. So um, full credit to to them, full credit to to him, and perhaps something we might discuss later. Um, what this may mean for Jody Morris and what he says about mm. the future direction of the club. Yeah, yeah, um, I think we are going to cover I, that. Off. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We're definitely going to go into that um, in a, in in a in, in a short while. Um, Martin, just uh, just your views on it. Yeah, I saw both legs of it. I was actually at the Stamford Bridge. Oh, game. right, yeah. It was just very, very entertaining to watch, you know. Obviously, they're playing, you know, at their own age level, so and there's, they're attacking a bit. more a little bit less defensive now than you might get at a senior game, but what they're doing is very enjoyable to watch. You could tell that Callum Hudson-Odoi had played first-team football because he was light years ahead of some of the players, with no disrespect to the rest of them. Mm. Um it's five, five on the bounce, and because of the rules of that tournament, you effectively have to have a different team every year. Oh. So they're obviously producing, they're obviously producing right mm. good players, and they're doing it on a consistent basis. So someone's doing something right at Chelsea. Mm. Yes, it's uh, it's something we'll we'll cover off. Uh, you know, especially when we look at uh, you know who we're gonna potentially promote up to um up up to the, the, the main squad or who's gonna who's gonna benefit from loans and, and, and the whole question of how much benefit, you know, the loan system actually provides us as, as a as a club. So let's let's just quickly move on. We've 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 sort of said that and, and well done to the lads for, for doing that last night. Um if we win the FA Cup final, I guess some people would consider that a successful season. If we don't win it is it still a reasonably successful season? Has it been thrilling for you all? Martin? Thrilling. <laughs> <What> <laughs> um, they are going to get hung by the 
Owned petard on that one. It's an absolutely really ridiculous tagline. Um, it's not a successful season if they don't win the FA Cup final, I'm afraid. Um, they've underperformed in the league. There was an alarming drop of form from January to April, which we all know about. Win the Cup, it's fantastic. You know, I'm just about of the age where, you know, I can remember the FA Cup final with an all-day thing, so I've got an emotional attachment to it. And, you know, beating Man U at Wembley, what's not to like about it? Yeah, um, yeah. Thri- thrilling. It's been a drag since about February. Like, it, it, it feels a little bit like the um, the Nietzsche season, the never-ending season. <laughs> <laughs> got 65 games in, like, three a week at one point. And it just has really, really dragged. And I'm, I'm, there's, even now, it's filled, there's three games left. You're like, hurry up, get them on. Mm. Well, I think because of what appears to be a malaise at the club, it's just a case of get it over with and, you know, what will be will be in the summer and just move on. Yeah. Dan, your Hopefully thoughts... Hopefully with the cup, though. Yeah, your thoughts, Dan. And and, and also, Dan, do you think our, our turmoil, our, our, our post-Christmas malaise is finally over? Four away wins on the trot might indicate that. Um, slightly more worrying that we don't seem to be able to, you know, put certain teams to bed and, and certainly our home form hasn't been electric by any means but um, your thoughts on, on the success of our season and, and you know, give it to me for if we win and if we don't win the FA Cup and also the point about the turmoil uh, I agree with Martin I think it's been a disappointing season winning the FA Cup does put a nice gloss on it I'm one of these that second, third, fourth, fifth not not good enough by the standards we've set ourselves in the last sort of 15 years so yes it's been a disappointing season um, turmoil I don't know I mean Conte I mean here guys on the fan cast last night someone said that Conte's got a bit of his mojo back he seems a bit more animated on the touchline mm. uh, whether that's you know he's you know he's, he's about to flatline he's just kind of you know, having a, a little boost before he goes I don't know but um, time will tell I mean balls in our court you know, if we beat Liverpool it's going to give us a real boost for the last two games of the season and the FA Cup to try and you know fourth the impossible dream we end up with fourth FA Cup I think it's been an okay season yeah yeah but, I don't think we'll get a fourth. I can't see Liverpool not beating Brighton. If we do manage to beat them. Yeah. Kwaku, your thoughts? Um, I'm glad that I was left last because, um, (laughs) you know... (laughs) You know, you know, I'm going to tell you tell you exactly what I think um, without filter. Um, This has been one of the worst seasons that um, I've experienced within the modern era because I, I don't want to sound like one of the people who yeah would you say yeah. it's worse than the Mourinho season uh, yes because at least after mm-hmm. Christmas um, we knew we were, we were safe so we could turn our minds to the following season what we're going to do um, this season has just been uh, it, 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 it's it, I feel it's almost sucked the life and the enjoyment um, of football from from me and quite a few other people, particularly because we it, it's just been a, a slow and steady slide into just rubbishness, um, and it's almost as if the whole club has been held hostage to that slide um, in terms of the performance of the, of the players. Some of the players, Conte is just constant beef with the club. Um, the beef between the fans about who's responsible for for, for the problems that have happened, the uh, performance at City, which I think is 
I personally think is one of the most offensive Chelsea performances I've seen in my lifetime because of the the cowardice with which we uh, played against a side who are now champions, but um, you know we should have gone there with much more ambition as, as defending champions and, and, and played to the status of who we were. That said, um, I'm still positive for next season. I'm not saying necessarily that Conte um, deserves all the blame, but I, I really think that even if we do win the FA Cup, so much significance should be drawn from so many things that have gone on this season, from the way we've played, from the attitudes um, uh, or the, the, the sort of beef between Conte and the club and also where we're going as a club, you know, uh, where other clubs are in relation to us and, and what the future holds. I think all of these things have been brought into focus by what's happened this season. And because of that, I think we've seen some very ugly reflections um, when we when we look in the mirror of, of 2017-18. Interesting. And uh, I think we've been joined by Donal. Have we been joined by Donal? Good evening. Good evening. Can you um, hear me? I can. Donal, um, I introduced everybody um, uh, by their... And I likened everybody to their Avengers tag. You know, um, these, uh, the, the DC Marvel... No, sorry, the Marvel superheroes. Um so, I'm sorry, when you mention Avengers, I'm thinking of your man. Well, of course you are. Yes, of course you are. Yes. Gurkha and as, Garden as, as, I, as I tend to do, but uh, I, I had quite a nice one lined up for you, which was to introduce you as our Captain America, uh, a man surviving in the modern world whilst keeping his feet firmly fixed in a world from many years ago. On a planet That's that we probably right. yes, <laughs> and on, a, on a planet that we know as simpler times. Um, anyway, good evening, Donald, and, and welcome. And we've, we've really, we've, uh, we've, uh, just to bring you in, uh, up to speed, we've, we've covered off the first part of the, uh, the bit where we, we basically doffed our caps towards the, um, uh, the Yacht for their, uh, for their remarkable win last night. Um, and we're just into the bit about, um, you know, whether or not, you know, how successful has this season been, um, you know, if we win the FA Cup final or if we don't? Um, you know, and and as our recent form, four wins on the spin, you know, four away wins, does that show that, our, that the turmoil is over, the blip is gone? Um, and I, I'd, I'm going to throw you in at deep end, Donal, and ask you what you think of our season in terms of success. Is it a successful season? Well, <clears throat> let's look at it this way. Um, we're going to finish probably fifth. Um, we've got uh, Giroud playing for us. So, as we gradually transmute into some form of Arsenal, <laughs> then that's obviously a marvellously successful... And if we win the FA Cup, you know, that's pretty much as good as, as, good as it can possibly be. Higher Wenger in the summer. Yeah, yeah. well, that, please, Martin. Okay. You know. Short of Antonio being presented with a trophy, you know, a sort of engraved... <laughs> bit of metal to work when he next goes up to Old Trafford. Um, I think we're, we're pretty much there. <laughs> if, we're to, if we're still thinking of ourselves as Chelsea, um, well, yeah, I, still, I know it's not a successful season, really, is it? If we don't qualify for the Champions League and we haven't competed for the title. But, you know, as Captain America living somewhere in 1953... <laughs> We won the league last year, yes, in the modern parlance, you win the league and then you build on it and, and, and move on, etc. 
But we won the league last year. If we win the FA Cup this year, yes, I think it's the Europe bit, you know, the Europa League bit that's sort of great. But hell, you know, it's. I'm probably getting too old for this, really. Not the potting shed, because obviously <laughs> yeah. age, age is part of the qualification. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to lose my desperation to, to win all the time. Although when you see the latter stages of the Champions League and stuff, you do feel a bit of a twinge that we're not there. But <clears throat> Yeah, it's, I think it's more not a successful season in that we haven't... Um, we haven't seen people in the squad making major strides. I think Christensen has done well, but you know we'd like to have seen maybe more, a couple more players breaking through. Emerson mm. has has got his chance, but um, yeah, it lacks that feeling that the squad has, has you know developed on, ready for a, a step up next year. But I think hey-ho. yeah, I I, I I tend to think along the same uh, similar lines. My desperation to win things is probably being sated by. Uh, 10 or 11 years or 12 years of, of, of almost a constant stream of trophies coming from different competitions or whatever. Um, and therefore, if we have a bit of a Duffo season, I don't tend to panic too much about it. Um, it is a shame, but we've never really built on any side that we've ever had. We've, we've, you know, we've survived on, on, on good sides, but we've never really sort of kicked on in the same way that perhaps other clubs have. But, um, it was interesting that I did the fan cast last night and I, I am, you know, almost, completely uh, diametrically opposed to the views of uh, uh, the, the, the lovely Jonathan Kidd um, who lays the blame firmly and entirely at the feet of Antonio Conte um, uh, and his example was you know Conte got it all wrong against Swansea a game that we and as I reminded him uh, that we won um, and a game that you know he said oh he brought William on and William didn't know what to do as if William was um, a three year old who had no idea what to do on a football pitch um, or is just blindly following the orders of Conte who said get on the pitch and don't do anything um, and I, I don't really buy that so I'd like a bit of a conversation because um, I, I'm, I'm of the view that I want Conte to stay um, I think he deserves at least another season to show that the Conte from last season still exists um, but it's looking more and more likely that you know he's either going to be sacked or he's going to walk or whatever. So I, I, you know, I'm going to kick it off between the four of you. What do you think for the summer? Can I can I jump in first because uh, I, I agree with you to some extent about the, the Conte situation. I'm not. I think the issues that have come out this season are much much bigger than the manager. Although, um, and I've said on this show before, and, I, and I'll keep on saying, I think he must take part of the responsibility as somebody who is involved in picking the team, setting the strategy and setting the emotional tone of the club. So, and I think that's put into sharp focus if you look at yesterday. I think what was so so enjoyable about yesterday was how much joy there was at watching that team. It's the bond that it had with the fans. They came over at the end. You know, the way it played football, they wanted to... They, they looked like they enjoyed being in possession. None of them were hiding, even in difficult situations. You know, they, there was a purpose to the way they played. And then we had, obviously, we had Jody, who I just think if you if you listen to this guy talk football, it's just, it's, it's incredible how much he's learned and, and, and the ideas that he has. So um, in that respect, I think, you know, the, 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 the distinction between the youth team and the first team revealed plenty. Um, that said... Um, Conte while he has to take responsibility so does the club uh, we need to find something fresh 
for next season. We need to look at all of these issues that have, that have come out, which we've all known have, have been there for years and years and years and years. And we need to take a summer. Um, it might be difficult because of the World Cup. But we need to take a summer and reflect on, on, on those, those things because we're now in a situation where, unless something remarkable happens, we have now been overtaken by Tottenham, uh, by Liverpool, by City, by United, all clubs who will now have more money than us, uh, bigger stadiums than us, um, and, and better projects than us um, in terms of the way their teams are, teams are set up. So, you know, that might be that might not be such a bad thing because maybe it'll force us to address what we what, what's going wrong. But we do have to address serious serious problems because otherwise, you just have to look at the club below us. Um, to see where 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 you can end up if you don't deal with um, problems that 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 are you know just mm. occurring year after year. Uh, yeah, and I I I, I take all of them points. Uh, and in fact, I look at um, uh, a club that are a couple of places above us who've taken years to get themselves back from, if you like, almost mid-table mediocrity in. Um, uh, with Liverpool and you know whether you know I like Klopp I'm one of the few I think that actually like him um, but I like his attitude I like his his Me mentality too. I like his, his his presence with the media even if he does get a little bit shirty from time to time um, his politics are right too yeah, yeah. but he's, he's, he, he he's, his players patently love him so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to push back over to to, uh, to Dan his humour his humour yeah. is very like his humour is very like the sort of pitch he likes to play on isn't it Quite dry. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, yes, yeah, very good. Um, uh, he, he looks like one, he, one for the groundsman there. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I just just can I just quickly say he looks like he's enjoying himself. And yes. That, this is what what I mean by that's because uh, they're winning what, a bit. Yeah. Until they lose not, about not, three on the bounce. Sure, sure. But 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 the thing the thing that you I always go back to this phrase because I don't know who, who I think it's probably Minotti, but Vickery always quotes it all the time. Uh, what a manager does: pick the team, set the strategy, and set the emotional tone. You you look at Klopp, the fans are just all feeding off his enthusiasm. The players are all feeding off his enthusiasm. You look at us, and you see exactly the same thing. With the, the only difference, the around, is yeah. they're, they're, they're feeding off the negativity. Yeah, you know, I just want a manager, whether it's Conte or whoever else or board, to look like they have an idea of what they want to do and they're, in, they're enjoying putting it into practice. Yeah. That, that's what I want for next season. Dan, your thoughts. Conte season one, one hundred percent, because he was a breath of fresh air. Conte this season, definitely not. I think um, it's a difficult one. I mean, who are we going to get? That's the question. Well, I'm going to come on to that in a minute. Well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. If, we get, if we get the old Conte back from season one, that you know, that enthusiasm, that passion, that mm. charm, then yeah, I'll give him. I think give him another season. You know, last last year we massively overachieved without any distractions. This year. We're Maybe it's a true reflection of where we actually are. Yes, we're getting a bit carried away. Yeah, yeah we went from tenth, first, fifth. You average that out. That's what fifth position is over three years. Yeah, so maybe that's where we are. Maybe this is a realistic level. It's interesting. And it's an interesting. point. I made a similar point on the fan cast last night and said actually we we confounded all expectations last year by by winning the Premiership. And you know, there's not a fan I know who who saw that at the beginning of the season. And um. No uh, even Alex, I think, in one of our earlier Poddingshedle fan casts, said that this is almost like this would be Conte's season one. If you took it into context, if he's taken us from the tenth place to fifth, we if we'd have done that last season, we'd have all gone. Well, it's an improvement, isn't it? It's an improvement on Mourinho's last season. So, um, Martin, I'm going to take your uh, just going to bring you in here because um, 
uh, you know, I, I, if Conte goes, and I suspect that that is the case, um, you know, all, all the indications are that he, you know, he will be off in the summer. Um, if we're going to do something different, and this was mentioned by uh, Joe Tweed last night on, on the fancast, but it, I've been talking about it for weeks, and the rumours are, if you read all the, uh, you know, the, the the decent press that um, that Roman Abramovich is planning big changes in the way we do things. Um, he's, you know, he's already sort of, there is a, a director of football or a technical director lined up to come in once the season's over, apparently. Um, if he's going to do something different, um, and I think you know where I'm going to go on this, then, um, rather than go for, uh, as I described them, Carlos Fandango from Scorcho FC, who once coached Mbapp when he was four years old, yeah, why not go for the combination of Premier League experience, um, the ability to work on a budget with a decent football style, with proven ability to handle immense pressure, the likes of which we've not known at Chelsea since the early seventies. No, 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 no. But um, um, you know the the kind of pressure that we've not known financially since the the, the bad old days of the Mears family in the seventies, um, and link that with somebody who's got a massive uh, knowledge of the academy. Um, and I'm wondering why you would go for one of these foreign managers. No, there's no kind of nothing wrong with that. But why wouldn't you go for somebody like Eddie Howe with Jody Morris as his right-hand man? I'm, I'm not... I'm not convinced by that, to be honest. Well, why would you? Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm throwing it open, but I want Martin to answer this because because I, I have got very strong views on this. Okay, and uh, you know, I th- I think if you're going to do something different, then do something different and um, whatever. But and, and and Eddie Howe, by all accounts, is on our shortlist. Uh, amongst have others, a reasonably well placed source that would dispute that. Unfortunately, ah. uh, on on Eddie Howe's side. Um, He's a good coach for what he's done for Bournemouth, and it's a very creditable job. But unfortunately, I think the, the vision that Chelsea want to put out to the world, with the greatest respect to him, doesn't have Eddie Howe as the manager. Excuse me. Mm. Mm. Um, so, uh, so, what, what I did here. Uh, sorry, Dan, yeah, go on. So, it's like going, from, going from a golf to Ferrari doesn't happen very quickly. Hmm. I mean, I, I remember. Um, Arrigo Saki um, when he was appointed at AC Milan I think he'd uh, I think he'd been at Parma beforehand and uh, he hadn't won anything um, but his sides played in a way that impressed Berlusconi and I think somebody made a quip um, to say well you know how can you hire this guy who you know hasn't won anything and you know isn't, isn't you know you know hasn't managed the big club or anything like that and uh, Saki replied uh, you know you don't have to be uh, you don't have to have been a horse to be a jockey um, so I think the same, the same argument could probably be applied to Howe, but the difference I think with Howe is that he always gets talked up as, as one of these managers, but I don't, uh, this, is, this goes back to what I was saying before, I don't see the idea in his sides. I know they're, they're reputed to play good football, but I don't really see how his sides don't really seem to have a, a real system, a, re, a real clear idea of what they want to do. I think he's just, he's young and he's English and his sides occasionally play good football is, is where where I kind of place Eddie Howe. I just want somebody who, more than anything, more than the trophies, more than, I just want somebody who knows exactly what he wants to do with the side. He's going to make the players enjoy their football because we've got good players. 
if you put a good manager, somebody with a clear idea, <coughs> excuse me, um, with um, with good players, then you, you're going to go somewhere because our players can take care of the rest. But for me, we need to be looking at a manager who has an idea. This is the critical, not the trophies. What is the idea? What does he want to do? How does he want Hazard to play? How does he want the midfield to move the ball? How does he want the defence to set up? That's that's what we should be looking at. Not necessarily whether they've won trophies or whether they're foreign or they're English. or What, what is the idea? Donald. That's what I'm after. Um, <clears throat> Martin, you were going to say something. You'd, you'd yeah, heard I've had something a... different. I, yeah, I, I know someone reasonably close to Eddie Howe I used to work with him I can't obviously say too much um, could get shot no we're, we're, we're running out of we've got a blue squirrel a blue cheese and I think last night we, we, we run out of bloody we run out of mole titles really yeah well if, put it this way if Eddie Howe does leave Bournemouth I'd expect him to move to a team in blue but I don't think it would be Chelsea somehow mm, okay um, I, I believe it came very close earlier in the season and it would be a right fit for him there, but I think Chelsea would be too much of a, a, a jump for him, and I, I don't think he'd handle it. He's clearly good at what he does, but it's probably a little bit too much of a r- romantic view for modern English football, I'm afraid. I mean, I'm as, I'm as perplexed as I always am. I live, as well as living in 1953, <laughs> I, live in, I live in a constant state How's the new coin? of being perplexed. <laughs> and, um, I take everything on board that Quaker was just saying and you could have said that watching what Chelsea did last season was exactly that you appeared to have a a man in charge who you know had a clear vision of what he wanted seemed to be getting the players to buy into what he wanted to do you know and was reasonably successful you know more perhaps more success than we might have expected because of the factors of not being in Europe blah 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 but certainly you know and you, know, you go back 12 months, we were all sort of, you know, flying on, on air as it was and, and, and really happy with what was going on. Something changed within, you know, the end of one season and the beginning of another. And that's something that happens all the time at Chelsea. You appear as with Angelotti, as with um, Mourinho, as with, you know, you name them. They seem to be suddenly turning, turning us onto the path towards success, and something happens. Now, it can't always be just the ego of the coach. It can't be just because their face doesn't really fit, and they were lucky to get away with this and to do that. <clears throat> something, something is wrong with the way the club is run, and. You know, I believe that, without being a tinfoil hat enthusiast, that there's a coterie of people. It's not just Abramovich himself, although he obviously encourages it. But there's obviously a coterie of people who always feel threatened by the success of a major team coach. They go out and they buy a big name in every time and then somehow seem to feel threatened. They expect that person who if you get to the top of this game let's be fair you're a big ego you believe in yourself you want control so they take these guys on and then get worried by the fact that that they want more control they want a say in this they want a say in that and until that 
particular coterie of people, are, you know, we, we sort of know the names who we're talking about, uh, around Roman Abramovich, until the power is removed from them, you know, the director of football is not going to be any more successful because he will still be a threat to these people. Until that changes, I don't think it's going to change at Chelsea. You know, we can dream of all these different, we can name all sorts of coaches, be they English, be they Brazilian, be they European, they can be a, just breaking through, they can be established successful people. Mm. They will come to this club, if they're any good, they'll do well for a season or two, and then they will want some sort of... because. <clears throat> This idea that, yes, all these guys are just going to come in, you're going to throw a load of players at them, they're going to take them out on the training ground and apply their principles. Yeah, you might do that if, you, if you're taking over Geisley in the National you know, Conference or the National League or whatever. You're not doing that at these clubs. That doesn't, you know, there's more to it than that. And I just don't see it changing. Yeah, so, sorry. Yeah, I, 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 I want to. Sorry, something went wrong. Something went badly wrong. I, I want to bring. I want to bring Dan in at, the, at, at, at this point as well. He's been quiet for too long, and I, I like one of his dulcet, um, posh tones, um, opining to me. Dan, tell me what you think. I mean, listen. The whole Abramovich reign has been filled with you know comings and goings. I think really after Mourinho left first time, maybe up to Carlo. We've, some, we've you know we've repeated the same mistakes. Win the league, invest poorly, sack the manager. It's, it's gone on for three. You know, Mourinho second second phase <laughs> wins the league, sack the manager, and now Conte. There's, there's something fundamentally flawed in the whole way the club runs their business from top to bottom. I mean, Conte's probably the first one that's been that outspoken because Carlo was a was a yes man probably to an extent and didn't yeah. really say too much. Even when has got sacked, he kind of didn't really fight anyone's corner. Um, Mourinho second time. And round, I think Mourinho are, you know, partly, you know, orchestrated his exits when he go to Man United. And Conte's probably the first one who's indirectly stood up to Roman and said, listen, this ain't good enough. Yeah. You know, we spent 70 million pounds on drink water and back in the OK. Spend 70 million pounds on the world class, you know, players, you know, ready. And then blend that with the children and the kids. I think that then, then you know, the quality of that is we've won all these trophies in 15 years. Of course. You know, what would you rather have? In the last 12 years of Benga when he just gradually got worse and worse and worse I think you said it's like a dog you've got to put down you know mm. put to a point now where it's you know he was sat slash left and Arsenal have been massively underachieving for the last 10 years Yeah. so if we got managing next season won the league got sacked in two years time it's not great but it, it wins trophies and that's ultimately what it's all about now so I'm going to where we expect Sorry, go on, can, I build on what, um, can I build on what Dan was saying um, and also what Donan was saying as well, which is this. The foolishness of what, we, what we've done is something that um, I think people were, uh, or people who thought about this a few years ago realised would cause problems. And, and that's for this reason. There are only so many good or top quality, as if you like, uh, A class A egg managers around. And we've gone through pretty much all of them, as you would, because there are only a few, a few of them about. Yeah, no, we have. So if you had an idea of what you were doing, you would realise that uh, once you go through them at this pace, you need to have an idea afterwards. Because you've gone through Mourinho, you've gone through Ancelotti, you've gone through Scolari, you've gone through Villas-Boas, you've gone through uh, Conte. You know, if, if one manager doesn't suit you and you get the next manager and you get the next manager, and you get them, what are you going to do when you finish all of them? 
Yeah. Who, who, who's next? Yeah, well, that's, this you is exactly, you know, you this know. is exactly the point I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you all now, um, to, you've, it, it's a free conversation, so jump in when you feel like, but I'm gonna ask you all to shit or get off the pot, right, and, and actually say who you think will be in charge next season, and who you want to be in charge next season. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick you, kick off with you quicker. Off you go. I heard something to suggest that Thomas Tuchel will be there um, but to be honest PSG with you had him. Yeah. well some, somebody's now saying that Chelsea are, uh, are knocking on the door is this um, somebody I, write for the Daily Express or has he worked uh, for an actual uh, company uh, you, know, <laughs> you, know, you, you know you know you know football journalists mate um, but you, I'm, not, I'm not even paying much attention to it I know the man who I do want or I know the two men that I do want I want either Antonio Conte with a different attitude um, or I want Jody Morris I think the time's come for us to take an option that other, ironically other big clubs would take in this precise situation which is to look at what they have within their own uh, resources and look at somebody who understands the club look at somebody who has an idea of what they want to do and look at somebody who can be trusted to implement it and the irony of all of this is that we're trying to be like Barcelona and Real Madrid. This is what Roman has said from all these years back. And this is exactly, picking Jody Morris and putting him in the hot seat is exactly what Barcelona and Real Madrid would have done. Madrid have done it before with their youth team and B team managers. Barcelona did exactly the same with uh, with uh, Charlie Rechach and also with uh, Guardiola. Um, so now's the time. But I bet we won't do it because what we'll do is we'll do what we always do which is to go and find a name and put him in there and do exactly what we've done before. So I'm waiting for Chelsea to surprise me. But um, don't hold your breath. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't hold your breath. I'm not really confident. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's next? Who wants to go next? Dan? I, I, I definitely don't want Van that's for sure. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> um, I think he made a very good point because Pep, Pep was, you know, was a virtual unknown to an extent when he came into Barcelona. Look what he achieved. Um, who I... Th- I th- I've got a sneaky feeling Conte is still going to be there next season. I just think he would have been sacked by now. Mm. He's done so badly in that period of time. He was expected payoffs. He's never really bothered about much in the past about payoffs. And most of the contracts now, I believe, state that he only gets paid because he gets another job. And he probably walked straight to another job pretty quickly. Mm. Um, so I'd like, I'd like Conte to stay. He's got a different attitude. We don't get Conte. I mean, everyone bangs a sorry job, but I don't... I, Maybe sorry, or the um, who's the uh, Juventus coach? Um, Allegri. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I personally, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I think I've heard he's about to sign new contracts. Yeah, Alleg- Allegri is a big mate yeah. of Conti's, and I would have thought he wouldn't probably come near us. He'd look at us and go, "Why? What were you offering me yeah. that's any better than I'm getting at Juve?" And like, we're not, are we? So uh, there you go, um, Donal. Um, well, I think just one comment on the whole, you know, thing is that it, it is ironic, and I know there are two completely different worlds in many ways. Um, but Chelsea have probably shown the world how to run a football academy. Mm-hmm. Others will overtake us in, in years to come, you know, purely on sort of money and, and scouting and resource, etc. But you know, fair play to people like Neil Bath. You know, the continuity has been there. Um, as I say, I'm not comparing it to the professional game because you 
you know, Chelsea can almost have the pick of who they want in in in, in the UK, etc. But in terms of continuity, having a concept, an idea, and seeing it through, um, it, it's a massive contrast with um, the professional side of the club. Although we have been very very successful, so I'm not talking about relative trophies. I'm talking about one has been all about continuity and guys, you know, starting with the under 11 and moving through. Joe Edwards is now with the under 23s and he he might feel that he should have a shout because he was equally as, as successful as Joe Jody Morris in many ways, wasn't he? Mm. Um, with the under 18s. So you've got this, you know, this sort of continuity and ongoing excellence. Um, but no succession as, planning. Um, whereas with you know the professional club we're always sort of seem to be one step away from someone getting the sack I don't I will confess I don't follow footballers closely you know world footballers closely and I'm no expert compared to some of the people on this so I really do not have any idea who they're going to end up with I do agree that well part of me thinks that the relationship I think between Conte and the club broke somewhere and I'm not sure that's coming back and he will go and then in two years time a la Mourinho we'll read articles about how Roman you know deeply regrets letting him go and had dinner with him and wants to bring him back we'll have all the same or usual you know dancing once they're gone but yeah I don't know and frankly whoever it is they've got two years and they're down the road you know I mean, I, I you know, I, as soon as you're a manager of Chelsea, you've got my backing. You know, I was, I didn't hate Avram Grant. I didn't even hate the Spanish waiter. I still have some respect for that man. He won us a trophy. You know, if you're sitting in that seat, you've got my support. But who it's going to be, I do not have a scoop. Interesting. And Martin. You've been very uh, quiet. You've been very quiet. You've, you've, have, you, have you got your scroll out with your list of potential replacements? No, I cer- <laughs> certainly haven't. Um, <laughs> um, I would like to see, if Antonio Conte wants to stay, keep him. If he wants to go, get rid, because it seems like the relationship between him and the board is broken irrevocably, I think. So I'd like him to stay, but I really don't see it. As to who the next manager is, just... Get a dart on a piece of paper and throw it. The back of one of the papers today said Maurizio Sarri, but that seemed to be based on him having the sulk after losing a game on the weekend and he mm. thought it was rigged against him. So, sorry, go on. Can I just throw something in there? Um, this is a serious point. I mean, I know it's, it's quite interesting, and a lot of us are saying. I don't know whether it's because we're just so fed up of this whole process that we, you know, yes. it's almost by default that a lot of us are saying that Conte should probably stay if he can change his attitude. But I'm really, uh, I'm going to now start doing my uh, unpaid PR for uh, for Jody Morris because, and I, I'm doing it for this reason. A lot of thing, a lot of the, a lot, a lot of the time, we don't realise how susceptible that club is to pressure, especially when it comes to managers. If you think about the situation which occurred around Grant and occurred around Benitez and occurred around Mourinho. The club were absolutely terrified to make choices that um, that sort of really upset the supporters. If you look at Grant, he was gone by the end of the season. You look at Benitez, well, we know in that situation what happened. 
And then the reason why Mourinho didn't go, which he should have done probably by about October, given the form that we had in 2015-16, is because the club knew that we were fully behind him. And I think that club, I think if there's enough of a drumbeat around Jody Morris, as there was around Di Matteo, but then obviously he'd won the European Cup, I think we can put him into the into the reckoning for any managerial uh, selection. If Jody really wants it and he's prepared to do the politicking and the fans are talking um, about what he can do and, 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 and raising his head, I think I think we can put him into the running. And so I think that would be a good thing. So my only I, could, I could only see that as being credible if, if, if they decide that they're going to... to um, not go into the market for big name players, yeah. but they're going to take the gamble that everyone has been urging them to do, uh, and and they decide that they're going to start trying to use, you know, the youth talent that they've got out on loan and in the club, and they might then see Morris as someone who understands yeah. that talent, who's worked with those players. Which is, which other is, other than that, I just, I, I'm not. This is nothing against Jody Morris. You know, he was a very fine trombone player in his day. <laughs> he was. Um, but, you know, what, I, I, just, I, just, <laughs> I just don't see the club. You know, nothing in yeah. they've done in the past, you know, God knows how many years. But, yeah. And, you know, something's going to kill me one day yeah. and maybe the shock of Jody Morris being co-appointed head coach. It's a, it's a wild card. It, it, it is. And I, I, mean, I look at it and I think, um, you know, you, it was so... Um, Eddie Howe is dismissed out of hand for whatever reasons, and yet there's a man who's taken a club from 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 buckets being passed around at other football grounds to save it. Yeah, in you know three divisions down, balled it into the Premiership, maintained it in the Premiership with the smallest ground, probably in the bloody Championship, let alone in the Premiership. Okay. Um, has a fantastic persona with the media. Never lose it. You'd never see him throwing his toys out of his pram or anything like that. And that was my point about putting somebody with that Premier League experience, more Premier League experience than Sarri, than Jardim, than any of the other coaches that are out there who have come from different leagues but have not done the Premier League. We all say the same thing. The players come in. The Premier League's different. Well, it is massively different in terms of pressure. And I'm just thinking, if you wanted a, a man who can, who's, who's willing to accept the role of coach, so where you have Conte, a manager, Mourinho, a manager, you bring him, you say, you know, we're going to bring you in, and then you say to this highly skilled football manager, your job is to coach the first team, nothing else. Don't tell us what players you want, we're going to go and get them for you. Okay, so you diminish that role in their eyes, and I think this is what's gone wrong with Conti here. Okay, whether they come in with their eyes open or not, that's what happens. And I think if you were to say, already how we want you to coach the first team, okay, and we want you to work with Jody Morris as your right hand man in order to bring the youngsters through, the ones that we can clearly see are talented, because Jody Morris will have this fab- fabulous knowledge of the academy and everything like that. Um, you know, that to me is, that, that would be Jody Morris's next wisest move. Because if, if, if you're saying on one hand, Eddie Howe can't, couldn't cope at that level, then Jody Morris certainly isn't going to cope with it. Tone, I think, I think it's a good point. And I think, um, you know, even though we've just heard that he might be going to another blue side, I think, I think it's good mm. for the, these three reasons. Firstly, um, we have run out of European Cup winning managers to hire. We have literally run out. We've really <laughs> yeah. started with Conte. The, Conte hasn't won the European Cup. Secondly, who who are who is going to want to come to us mm. if we don't qualify for the champ? Not, I mean, there will be some, but it's going to be much much harder. Mm. And thirdly, 
the club is susceptible to pressure. So I think if Conte does go, I think all the the factors align for a manager who. And we're talking about Jardim. You're talking about Sari. You're talking. These are these are managers who've not won the league. They've not won the league. They've not won the European Cup. So it's already going to be a different type of choice uh, for, for, for Chelsea won the league. job. Has he? Sorry. Yeah, yeah but um, but to be fair, that's the French league. You know, it's it's, it's not it's not the it's not the same as ours. Not by can a long Can I yet. just interject? Um, we we've talked about Eddie Howe um, and Jody Morris, um, and you know Chelsea is is a very very big club. Mm. And you know, if you think back over the managers we've had in recent years, they're all vocally men of a certain sort of timbre. You know, and I'm not sure that Eddie Howe. He's got a slightly squeaky voice. <laughs> and and Jody Morris, you know, not a convincing tone. You, if we're going to go full on... You mean like a Brian Blessed type manager, character? <laughs> if we're going full out, right, all in for an English manager with Premier League experience... Young, oh, yes. ...who's Sh- shown himself surely the gravelly yeah. voice. Yeah. You know, the gravelly voice of yeah. Sean Duck. Is what we're looking for. Well, yeah, I mean, people would not I mean, At least the press conferences will be worth Yeah. If you can understand it. If, if, yeah. if, the base, if the base didn't break everybody's microphones. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I, I think, yeah. I, uh, sorry, Dan. Gosh. Yeah, go on, Dan. There you go. I was going to say, what about Joachim Love? The German manager. God, he no. Produced a young German team. Jesus, no. <laughs> but we be, we've already been down that road before. Who said Jesus we? no? Who was that? <laughs> That's me. Who, who interjected? Um, Why yeah. not? Uh, to, last time we took a World Cup winning manager who'd um, <laughs> had a long yeah, break. Exactly. Long break. Yeah. Long management. Phil uh, Yeah. Mm. No thanks. Yeah. I think Phil, Big Phil was further over the hill by then than, than Lowe's though, isn't he? I don't know. Uh, he, he, he was, but I, I think Lowe's always going to be tainted by the, by the, the ball scratching and sniffing <laughs> episode. Plus, plus, plus the fact that, you know, we, should we really be taking a manager who's lost to Chelsea in a Cup final so many years ago? Yeah, I, 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 I look at Joachim Love and I think he's probably a very good, uh, international. He, he's, he's, he's probably, proved, yeah. he's proved the point, I think, that to be a successful international manager, you know, longer need in fact it's probably an advantage not to have been sullied by club management um, and I think Gareth Southgate is going to surprise everybody in that perspective I know he did Middlesbrough but we're not talking about a huge club um, I think that you know when they can concentrate purely on the international game they are probably going to be better for it without having all the politics and bollocks that goes around I just I do want to bring yeah I do want to bring the I want to bring Dan in because I'd be intrigued to what he thinks of of Sean Dyche he's done a very very good job for sure but again it's the same as Eddie Howe he's not got the experience at the absolute top level he's kept a you know, done well for Burnley, but it's not. It's, we're not at that level. I mean, Eddie Howe. No, but the point being, Dan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the point being is, is if we're going to sue something different, um, I'm going to say now that Maurizio Sarri and Lionel Jardim have not been at that level either. Neither of them. Thomas Tuchel hasn't been at that level. I mean, he flopped. He flopped at Dortmund. He was a flop yeah. at Dortmund. There's no two ways it's about it. Yeah, isn't it? It's yeah. Apparently, the, the, you know, people actually will not get a shout. I mean, listen. You know, clubs are going to trouble. They call an Alan Pardew or Sam Allardyce. It just keeps repeating itself. Yes, I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, maybe why didn't Burnley go for Dyche? Everton go for Dyche when they sacked um, 
what's his face Cumin. yes it? yeah I think so yeah and, and, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, funny. it's just just slightly digressing back to Jody Morris just as a coach surely he knows the politics of the club better than anyone because he's been there for so long yeah. he didn't play them last night when he was interviewed and fair play to yeah. him for it he wasn't towing the party line no no he that's wasn't exactly, no. that's exactly the reason why that I could that, putting him forward because could, he does know the politics of the yeah. club and, and he knows who the power brokers are and he knows exactly you know how, how things uh, well he's known for years how things are at Chelsea um, so you know yeah. We live in interesting times, that's for sure. I'm going to move it on a bit from the coach now. I think we've probably done that one uh, a little bit to death, and there's been some, some interesting ideas. I'm still, um, I think, along with Alex, the, uh, there's about five of us in the gang in the cock that actually think Eddie Howe would be a good choice, especially with Jody Morris by the side of him. I want to talk about some of the players now uh, and look at this academy. Uh, and we touched on it at the beginning, um, you know, about uh, who should be in the full squad next season. Now, I'm, I'm just going to put my, my view firmly is we don't need any longer to be the club that goes out and spends £280 million in the close season like Manchester City did uh, like United would dearly love to do but probably can't afford to do anymore Um, because I think what we do need is we probably need uh, a few of the more journeyman players to be sold um, and maybe a couple of what I would call signature signings to come in you know those kind of uh, big mark um, names or whatever but I think there's at least three or four that could be brought into the squad that would hold their own and I'm going to throw um, an impressive Rubens Loftus-Cheek into that equation um, I think hudson Adoy has a touch of the Rooney's about him in that when Rooney made it onto the big stage I think on the about, field hopefully yeah he was yeah. about eight, yeah, yeah yes indeed yeah steer him away from the Derby and Joan club that's for sure um <laughs> but I would suggest that um uh, hudson Adoy in the in the sense that when Rooney was played uh, originally for Everton and United snapped I mean, he was about 18 I think when he really burst onto the stage and the view was if you're Younger. good enough if you're good enough you're old enough that's as simple as that um so I've got uh, 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 I, I think he's a very very one I think Ampadu looks fabulous <coughs> he looks like he can cover any of the uh, the kind of back four if you like positions and that probably leaves one more uh, you know shining bright spark and uh, I'm hearing do John Sterling um, we've got a player out at um, is it Vitesse is it um, Mason Lu- Mason is it, I thought it was Lewis Baker was it? Baker, was it? Baker, Baker, no, Baker, Baker's on loan. Is he? Middlesbrough, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Middlesbrough. But, and, and, but I'm also thinking Tammy Abrahams, who who post um, the Swansea game um, was called up to be interviewed um, on the pitch by the BT guys and was very, very impressive. Uh, 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 he came across as just a very likeable young man, no ego there, um, comfortable in front of the camera. So that's just my view. Um, uh, the players I would tend to let, I would be thinking that maybe um, uh, Gary Cahill, as much as I love him, I think he's probably done his bit for the team, shake his hand, give him a transfer to a club where he'll you know, appear every week. Um, and he would probably walk into any of the bottom half premiership teams with no issues. Um, I'd probably let Drinkwater go because I just don't think that one's going to work um, and I would potentially be saying goodbye to Cesc Fabregas and saying thanks but uh, we need something a bit more dynamic in there your thoughts gents, gents please uh, we forgot we forgot Charlie Masonda 
No. Um, who's up at, up at Celtic. So did, Bre- so did Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, so did Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> can, I, can I say something, uh, again, controversial, which is this. You've for, never. For the first, yeah, never. <laughs> for the first time in ages, I actually don't believe we need that many players. I think what we actually yeah, need no, is no. a complete... I think we need a change of style in the way we yeah, play and a bravery. change of tactics. Yep. I think um, one of the things that's disappointed me so much about Conte is he came in and there was a lot of talk about how tactically flexible we'd be, and we moved from we moved from four to three at the back, and everybody was praising it. But we literally cannot play anything other than three at the back based formations, which I think, to be quite honest with you, is a pretty pretty that pretty damning indictment of uh, of what Conte wants to do and what he actually has done. The contrast between the two, um, and the reason why I'm so hung up on that. Is because changing. Uh, sorry, turn. I know I'm, I'm boring you here. But no, well, I'm sorry. From, scratching uh, me back. <laughs> That's sorry, what I'm ch- ch- changing from three to four enables Callum Hudson Odoi to play, because if we play any other way, we can only play with Hazard or William or Hazard or Pedro, or, uh, because he's obviously a left left-sided type player. I think we need to change that formation to give access to these kind of players. Um, I do think we need. Uh, a central midfielder because the midfield has been a disaster um, Kante is basically just doing everything um, and we just can't have that anymore because it's going to ruin him as well as um, not necessarily contributing to our, to our side but we need to uh, address that tactical formation because that I think and not even just a formation the idea because the, the youth were playing three at the back yesterday but they played it in a way that was completely different to the way we play and it was just so much more enjoyable they moved the ball better they had been more ambitious with the way they were trying to play and, and, and that for me is where we should start start with the, the I keep on saying it but start with the idea and then get the players in who can contribute and I don't think there are many of them that are needed I think we're there I think you know we've got proper players look at look at that side Hazard Kante um, Christensen William, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, William. William. I mean, they're proper players in there. But we were playing like, you know, as if, you know, we don't know, you know, football is a strange thing. You know, if we, if we allow these players to, to, to enjoy their football, we'll get the results. I'm sure of it. We just mm. need to, to open them up and allow them to express themselves, which we haven't done this season. And that, that for me is the biggest criticism I have of Conte. We have quality players who are not being allowed to express themselves. And the sooner we, we allow those players to open up, you'll see what quality is there. We have yeah. plenty. Anyone else, Dan? Uh, anybody got any thoughts? So Marco Van Hinkle's had oh, a season as well. What's a good call? What a good call! Now I think yeah. actually, I, I, how I left him off that list, I don't know. Uh, this is a if for anybody who doesn't know, anybody who might be listening, Marco Van Hinkle um, uh, came to us a few years back, um, suffered a dreadful, dreadful injury. I think in his in his first um, first season, he played a handful of games with us, um, and I think it was a career threatening injury. Um, he's since recovered from that. He's gone on, yeah, he's gone on, and he has captained. PSV Eindhoven to the Dutch Championship this year and he's their top scorer I, I believe as well so um, I, I think you know if, if if that isn't proof enough in the same way that Christensen um, uh, equ- uh, you know uh, 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 acquitted himself very well in Germany um, yeah I, I'm behind you there Dan I think 100% he he deserves his chance have, have on that showing yeah, yeah without and a doubt Zoom has come back Kurt Zoom has come back as well Mm. Blimey, there's players I've forgotten. You see, now, and this is, this is making an even bigger case for your argument, Kweku, that, you know, if you have 
uh, an idea and a strategy and, and, and someone who's flexible enough maybe you know the Conte last season you could you could you, you don't need you know you everyone's going to want a marquee everyone's going to want a marquee signing at some point I think but um, you know um, I, I still you know I still have faith in Bakayoko I, I don't think a player who was such a so phenomenal last season turned so bad you know in one season you know there may be other stuff going on there and we he still got the Jardim last season um, yeah, but we've got um, we still got David Louise in there, who um, you know for for the odd dodgy performance this season was one of our rocks last season when we won that Premiership. So um, you know, I, I'm still throwing it out to you, Donal, and anybody come in, uh, you know, from players attacking, from attacking point of view, Tony. If you think we've got at the moment on the books, you've got Giroud, Morata. If you talk about bringing Abraham back, and you talk about pushing Hudson Odoi in, um, what do you do with Batshuayi? Do you sell him to... Yeah, I, I, I mean... You know, I mean, in some positions, where we, you know, they're going to have to make some tough decisions. I mean, someone like Hudson Odoi, I think they'll, they'll actually just put him out on loan, maybe to a premiership club like they did with Abraham. Do they bring Abraham back now or leave him out for another year? Because, you know, do they bring Batshuayi back? Because, you know, these guys, some of them, particularly the younger players... Need the game time. Yes, you know, this theory, I'm, I'm only repeating what I read, but you know, this this theory that they need three, four, five hundred games. That's why they go to Vitesse. That's why they go to Germany to play two or three years of, of professional football. Or Scotland's going to get two or three minutes. And I just mentioned Scotland. Scotland next year. There's only one more thing you need in Scotland to make Scottish football riveting next year you've got Brendan at Celtic you've got Stevie Gerrard at Rangers <laughs> you've, got, you've got Neil Lennon at Hibs all we need is Alan Shearer at Hearts <laughs> mm. and you know you've got so much combustible material you know, that it's going to be the most riveting league in the world mm. you know yeah. will Alan Shearer kick Neil Lennon in the yeah. head Yet again, that's it. Forget yeah. forget Bellew and Hay. <laughs> it just get much Scottish ball of it. Sorry, can I make but a point about Bashuai? Because um, Donald mentioned Bashuai. Look at the difference between Bashuai at Dortmund and Bashuai at Chelsea, and it's perfectly, perfectly explicable. Look at the way the two sides play. I just look at the kind of goals he's scoring, and look at how he was with us when we play at this two miles an hour plodding. Wait five minutes before you pass a ball, then think about possibly, you know, reading the newspaper and then, you know, maybe setting your sky and then pass it. And then you look at him at Dortmund, everything has been done almost first, a one and two touch, and he's just scoring goals for fun. And there's a classic example of well, how if we he, change our style, we might get a 20, yeah. 25, 30 goal a season. This is not a target man, he's a goal scorer. Yeah, most goals he's got have been generally instinctive or running off the last man, like the couple against Sunderland back end of last season. Play him in a two or four three three, he'll score you goals. Yeah, he's a goal scorer. He's intelligent enough to be a link man, like we expect from like a, a Morata or Costa. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree, Martin. Um, well, talking about German and Germany and German football, they seem to be recognising the value of. The young English players coming through, they've looked at the achievements of the England team in the under-19s, under-17s, and they're recognising the quality of those players. So they've signed Dortmund, signed Jaden Sancho, I believe. Oh, um, right. Re- 
Reese Oxford went from yeah. West Ham to Borussia Mönchengladbach on loan. Adam Ola-Lukman went to RB Leipzig. So, we, we can't... Obviously, not all of our young players at Chelsea can go straight through to the first team. It's not feasible. Or you'd have 67. It would be, but um, you could certainly loan a few of them out to high-ranking clubs in Germany playing European football where they will get games on because they... They all they already see the talent in those players. Yeah, and we can use we can use that to yeah. our advantage. Is, is, With is regards, that, sorry. So I was going to go. Is that not the who's the chat that Joe Tweeds uh, went out to say? And I think he, um, I, I, it was Lewis Baker. So is it was, that, oh. that to repeat that experience? Because he's 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 by all, by all accounts doing quite well as well. So I, you know, I, I, Lewis, I, I, Lewis Baker. Surely he's he's the free Lewis Baker campaign. That yeah, he's Chelsea a Middlesbrough. Youth he's a Middlesbrough under yeah. Tony Pulis. Oh. Was he locked know, him in the cellar or something? He, I think <laughs> you know he, he basically cleans the toilets and gets to sit on the bench once a month. It's, uh, you know, it's a killer. Um, you know that some of these loans, we forget that some of these. You know, and sometimes it's the play. I mean, you look at Charlie Massonda at Celtic. You'd think. Yeah, and not, not denigrating Scottish football, but you'd think that Charlie Massonda could break into a Celtic team and play some serious minutes, but he's not. You know, Lewis it's Baker really got, weird, really yeah. weird what happened you know, to Charlie Massonda at Celtic. There was an interesting article in uh, it is in, I think it's today's Guardian, which has basically said that um, any chance, any even remote chance that Brendan Rodgers thought he might have of um, going into the hot seat at Chelsea is gone because he's. Chelsea board off so much because he's got a track record of not playing yep. Chelsea players that he's got on loan. Victor Moses is one. Question: Why was he mm. loaned? Josh, Josh McEachern. McEachern, yeah. Which, which exactly. The question: Why they knew what happened with McEachern? They knew what happened with Moses. Yeah. Why loan Masonda to Celtic? Yeah. Unless yeah, they, you know, uh, well, you know, I think it's there, there, there is obviously something there, and Brendan Rodgers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, even if he did come in as a manager, I mean, at least it's everybody that uh, somebody that most people would hate from day one, I suppose, for for bizarre reason that he, he he went off and managed Liverpool, having gone to Swansea first. It seems a bit peculiar, but that's the way of the the football fan, I, I suppose. Dan been David Brent in a bloody dugout. Well, yeah, he's but all, he, you know. he's all, he's also not liked by a lot of journalists, actually. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's really weird. Well, not really weird, but I mean, apparently, you know, so if the club are, you know, still into this business of, you know, having having this image, then Brendan Rodgers is not is not really your man. Yeah. Um, so. What's happened to Izzy Brown? He got injured, didn't he? He was doing reasonably well. Yeah, he got well injured at Brighton, didn't? He? Yeah, yeah. He was doing reasonably well at Brighton, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm. So that's another player who, presuming if he comes back from injury, you know, was was good enough to go out on loan to a Premier League club. So. It's incredible how much talent, though, that we have. I mean, we discussed, we spent about 15 minutes discussing players who are just on loan. I mean, we have a duty at, to use them at Chelsea. Yeah. Yes. These are mostly English players. You've got, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm not a, you know, England, 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 all that stuff. I couldn't give a toss about the England national team. But that's the nu- nucleus of a very good national team in the next going forward for international tournaments. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. think Chelsea have a moral duty to use these players. Definitely. And can I just make this point about Guardiola and, and City this season, which covers this nicely. If you look at the players that, that have won City that league, I mean, everyone's sort of talking about Guardiola and the players that he's brought. And everything. Go through that side and look at the improvement in, in, oh, yeah. in the key players. Of what, you start at the back. You start with uh, Otamendi. 
um, and Stones. And then you move up and you've got Fernandinho and Ilkay and then Raheem Sterling. I mean, we were all laughing at him last season. Look at this guy, nearly 20 goals in the, in the league this season. And then Aguero and, uh, uh, you know, he's basically got the players who were okay to good in that side to play beyond themselves. So it's not necessary. I know he spent a lot of money, but if you look at where the money has been spent, it, they, those players have not necessarily been people like Bernardo Silva and Mondi and all these kind of. They, they've not been the critical players in 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 the success that season. Well, Mondi ran yeah. the Twitter account for them, didn't he? Yeah. That's it. I mean, De Bruyne has been around there for a couple of seasons now. Um, he's got him playing out of his skin. What kind of idiot club would sell him anyway? Well, exactly. <laughs> um, well, you know, um, I mean, you know. So, yeah, that, that, there's, there's, you know, I mean, no club would make that mistake twice, you know, by perhaps selling we, an, an Egyptian player on who, who really barely got any game time. Oh, hold course, on a minute. Of course, of <laughs> course not. We've got a Golden Gloves winner. We've got two players of the year in that side. Uh, I think almost in successive or, or yeah. within three seasons of each, of each other. We, we really, we need to be asking the, the manager that comes in, can you actually not come here and then ask for 200 billion pounds? What are you going to do with the players who are already here? What are you going to do with the players on them? That should be the first question that we're asking the new manager, not how much money do you need to go and spend on players that we're then going to probably punt out on loan. Well, this is this is my point, and I, I think this is why I'm fed up with it. I mean, if Conti goes and I, anybody comes in, I'm, I'm barely going to get excited about anybody unless it's something dramatically different, like I like I've suggested already. Because uh, I, I'm actually fed up with the fact that a new manager will come in and players will go, and he'll want to bring his own players in, and we're we are back to where we were two years ago, two years before that, two years before that. Um, and I think, I think totally. You've actually touched on something there. He probably won't bring in the players he wants. He, he will get the players that you know he's given. That the agents, the agents who are, you know, yeah, courting the. Ch- I mean, you look at Chelsea; they haven't spent anywhere near as much as Man United and City and some of the other teams. No, we're, we're a, their their agents' fees are enormous. We're up. We're no, no. We, we yeah. are definitely up there. We're in the top three. Yeah, uh, comfortably yeah. Spending. But, but what I'm saying is. We're almost always in the top of the league. It doesn't matter what window you look at; our agents' fees are right up there. Yeah, and I think yeah. there are there are a number of key agents who we use all the time. And, and, and I think we are caught up in this thing. And, of, and maybe this is all. We part. only look at certain players because yeah. we won't look at other players because of who their agents yeah. are. And I because wonder whether it comes back to to what goes on. And I wonder whether that. It, it, it will change with the with the the new CEO whether that's part and parcel of his his remit is to come in and say look actually you know you I've run businesses that dwarf Chelsea in in terms of of, of revenue etc and this is not how you do things you need to cut this out and it could be that agent fees are part and parcel of it you need to look at developing talent and but there's a web there's a web of relationships well yeah some, there some is some of them not official. You know, understanding. You know, the the company I work for now, um, and I don't like it because I'm, you know, I'm 56 and I'm approaching 57 this year. But the company I work for now is obsessed with bringing its talent through recruiting from the universities, and and it's all about young talent. And it it's a company that spouts on about diversity, and it is fantastically about diversity, except for one group of people, which is people over fifty, who are basically, you know, just get on with your fucking work, oldie, and and get on with it. And that has to be attributed to Guy Lawrence. He did a lot of that. 
Uh, and I wonder whether there's something similar going to happen at Chelsea. Where he's, well, when, you he know tells, what you... when he tells Eugene Tenenbaum and people like that, yeah, you know, get on <laughs> yeah. with it, oldie. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. That ain't going to wash. No, no, <laughs> but I, I, he he could be doing that. He could be saying, if, you know, you want to do something sustainable and, and build for a future. You want to build a dynasty, then you need to change things. He's a CEO. He's not. He's going to have. He's on that board. He's going to be reporting into Roman at probably with the same level of influence as Tenenbaum and all that because you know you've recruited a a very well thought of very experienced chief executive officer who's run companies like I said that in terms of revenue and money dwarf every Premier League club yeah, yeah you can, he's run you companies can. that that have yeah, I, 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 share, I, share yes, I agree. I agree. I agree. But you know, they, he's they, now going into a, a basically yes. a private organization. Yeah. But he would have been politics are completely he, different. Well, he would have been. He would have been. Assumption. He would have. Yeah, he would have been tapped up for a reason. That's all. That's that's only. No, I don't. In the yeah. same way that Antonio Conte was tapped up. In the same yeah, way yeah. that and Sorry, Lotti was tapped up. Uh, approach. We're not allowed to say tapped up, are we? If not allowed to use. Yeah. Where we've got um, just ten, ten minutes, ten minutes left because Dan's going to be off at night. So I'm going to, I want to move the conversation on a, uh, a little bit. Um, uh, I just want to talk about. Um, uh, I was going to touch on cup final ticket prices, but I think fu- fundamentally it's just a, a ludicrous amount of money. Um, you know, 145 pound for a cup final. Uh, they're going to get a lot of people sitting there saying bollocks. I'll watch it down the pub. I think. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm more interested in, uh, and I just want to uh, 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 spend five minutes on this before I do the outro and bring Dan in because as part of the Chelsea Supporters Trust, he's 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 probably got a uh, a, a, a very um, uh, a, 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 a very salient view on this, which is the um, uh, the, the continued rumours around where we're going to go when the uh, when the when the bulldozers move in. Um, Jacksonville, <laughs> <laughs> Jacksonville. Dan, um, I mean, you know, uh, uh, you, you hear it almost from week to week. Wembley's on, Wembley's off, Wembley's on, Wembley's off. Um, we had a conversation about it on the fan cast last night. Uh, you know, the interesting developments and what it means for Chelsea if um, Said Khan does actually buy Wembley Stadium. Um, is there a possibility that London Stadium is back on as as Jonathan Kidd seems to think is 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 gaining ground again? That Twickenham. Um, of, uh, uh, basically, you know, um, we've lifted our skirt to Twickenham and, and they suddenly seem to be interested, which must be purely down to money. Um, and also being, uh, touted on a lesser degree. And one that I actually would think is probably more acceptable to most than Wembley and, uh, the London Stadium, which is, uh, using the Emirates, um, if Arsenal can be persuaded to, uh, let us in there for, for three or four years. So, Dan, your thoughts, please. Um, I don't think the club even knows where they're going yet. Um, Twickenham, I don't think it'll happen because I don't think they've got A, the licence and B, the local residents up in arms. So I think Twickenham is, is not on the agenda. So I don't think they'll be able to get the, the council to approve you know, additional 25 to 30 games a season. Um, but the other side, so I don't think the club made a decision yet. Wembley's got his faults, but is used to having Spurs here for seasons or watching Booth to see you know, what, what worked, what hasn't worked. Uh, Stratford, West Ham, I hope not, because that's just an awful stadium to watch football in. It is, it's yeah. not a football stadium. Um, I mean, there might be some truth that, you know, perhaps Fulham, you know, they, you know, two, two years down the line, they've rebuilt the, uh, the new ground, albeit it's only 30,000. We played league games at, uh, um, Fulham and, uh, Champions League games at Wembley, because obviously yeah. you don't need to have, you know, a full allocation for, um, Premier certain, League. No. Yeah, Premier League. But, and then we'd have yeah. our Champions League games at Wembley. 
So I don't think I don't think anyone knows the honest answer. So no, I, I, I don't think that. I'm I'm interested in in, in some of the rumours. I'm I'm not keen on Wembley. I think it's a bit of a, a vacuous hole of a place, really. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I I think I I think London Stadium would be just fraught with trouble with locals just bait waiting to pounce. Um, you know, at the first opportunity, I think it, you're just you're basically inviting West Ham fans to. Uh, ambush people I think yeah I, I genuinely do um, because it's so bad around that particular ground from what I, I've never been there but I've gathered it's loads of open spaces you say that but in actual fact um, one a lot of West Ham fans don't live in Stratford yeah two you arrive in Stratford by you know various means and the stadium itself sits in the middle of the Olympic Park so um, you're not obviously allowed to go and um, enjoy the pleasures of John Lewis, never knowingly undersold, and other parts of the Westfield <laughs> shopping city. Um, and, you know, you basically go to this stadium that sort of sits in its own grounds. So, yeah, you might on the odd day get some small little firm who decides to have a, a ruck with, you know, a prearranged ruck somewhere you know, on Three Mile Island or something like that. Sorry, Three Mills <laughs> Island or something. But in general, that, I don't think that's the real problem. I think it's uh, what Dan said earlier, or Mike said earlier on. It, it's, it's just not... It, the place feels like it's just Porter Cabin City. It's, yeah. it's not a football ground. Um, I think the... When they intend to move. Well, when, it, it, when originally, really it, it, originally, the last next season was going to be the last, but I think it's been pushed back to 2020 now. Um, uh, um, and that that's the, the kind of milestone of, of when we leave. And it's a four-year four four build, which means it'll be a five-year build. Yeah, the Spurs experience. Yeah. Spurs have gone for a year. Yeah? Yeah. They've gone for a year. So if you're a business, if you're, you know, if you're a Spurs fan, you hold your nose and you go out to Wembley backwards and forwards and you're thinking, I'm only doing this for a year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chelsea are going to do it for probably four years. Yeah, well, and knowing this country, it'll be five because, you know, four years is what the builder, when he's stroking his chin, has gone, yeah, four years. Um, yeah. And then disappears and for six months. Five years, can you imagine? Five yeah. Years yeah. away from Chelsea. But my, my, I've got a friend They've of mine. Enough in I've got a friend of mine. He's a season. Yeah, a friend of mine's a season ticket holder um, with Spurs. He detests it. He detests Wembley. He says that you know, and everyone. He says every one of my mates, we hate it. He said, but we only we only went there because it was the only way of guaranteeing their tickets for the new their season tickets for the new ground. Um, Martin, my any family, thoughts? My family of Spurs fans, they hate it, but yeah. it was only a year, and they can. Yeah, you, you know, can, like I said. Yeah, you're there for four or five years. That's a long time. Mm. So. Any thoughts, Martin? Well, I speak as a resident of Wembley, so I have ah. to um, be very careful what I say. Um, yeah, I, so I declare an interest right there. The prospect of playing league football there for five years is terrifying, quite frankly, because every criticism is accurate. It's a pain in the back so I had to get in and out of for most of the people I know because they're commuting from Surrey and. South West mm. London or what yeah. have you for me it's a little bit easier but for everyone else it's just going to be a complete nightmare um, the other alternatives don't exactly hold out much um, hope either I mean the London Stadium is uh, I don't know if any of you have actually been to a game at the ground it is yeah. fucking awful 
Shocking. Uh, it's dre- you, you bring you bring a fucking telescope and a, yeah. you know yeah bring a telescope and a map to see the pitch from where you are because you genuinely can't see sod all. I had a better view in the top of the new camp of the game against Barcelona than I did six <laughs> rows from the front of the London Stadium. It's a ridiculous ground, and it's and getting in and out of it. You, it, you know, I once you know got diverted to Stratford Station via the. Um, the velodrome it's a very strange experience it's like a weird film where a bomb's gone off and you're the only survivor or something very very strange Uh, Twickenham I don't think it's feasible with the the RFU is it because I'm only going so many yeah, it was raised last night by J.K. Um, through through whoever contacts he's got in the uh, in where he sits in the ground, which was you know that um, that you know their eyebrows are lifting again, as if to say, ah, oh. you know, so maybe. And at the end of the day, we know money talks. We 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 know well, that it, for an absolute fact. Conversely, I, th- I think the chap who owns Fulham and has made the bid for the stadium sounds like the type of person you could do business with mm. and very quickly negotiate a deal. Fulham moving to Wembley would be ridiculous. So they stay at Craven Cottage and he leases out his newly acquired bit of real estate in northwest London to someone for five years and yeah. gets his money back. So I think it it's, it's, it sounds like a very sound economic yeah. investment. I'm going to I'm going to give the final word on this to Kweku before I do the uh, outro. Dan, if you can just hang on for a couple of minutes and we'll we'll be yeah, into the outro in a minute. Yeah. So Kweku, your thoughts. Hello, Quick, who's gone into the ether. Are you on mute? Have we lost you? No, we haven't lost you. You're still no, online. I'm, I'm here. Sorry, I was on mute. Forgive me. Um, we have another problem with Twickenham, which is that the local MP doesn't want us there either. Uh, his name is Vince Cable. Um, that's another story. Um, I think from what everybody said, it's just a nightmare, to be honest with you, but I think we're going to end up at Wembley. I just think it's the best of the, all the worst options. Um, <laughs> and nicely put, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, the best I'm of a bad lot. About having having a quick plug for the uh, Chelsea Sports Trust, having filled out my survey yesterday, um, I've made it very clear also that um, I'm not particularly happy with the design of the new stadium that we're waiting five years for anyway. So, um, I... Uh, yeah. Sense? I want my one-tier single-end, single-tier end. I don't know where it is. It's and we spend all the... <laughs> Yeah, well, we should have it. We should have it at our end. I mean, we, we're going to basically excavate the entire site. Where's our single tier end? Can someone can ex- just quickly explain what, 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 why, why, why that is such a why is that is a good thing then? Because I don't because really it, get it. It, it. it groups all the um, first of all, it groups all the um, singing supporters together um, uh, as a, as a thing. Uh, you don't not broken up by tiers. Um, secondly. Um, if you look at all the grounds that have the noisiest atmospheres, um, the acoustics in single tier ends are the best you could possibly get in football, which is one of the reasons why Roman wanted it. Um, I spoke to the people who designed that stadium um, and I wish I'd asked them this question because they told me that the Matthew Harding end couldn't be done that way. But I never asked them about the shed. But Roman wanted uh, an identikit of Borussia Dortmund. That's what he wanted. Um, but uh, it's, there's a reason yeah, why they can uh, not, not not the yellow seats. But there's a reason why the cop is as loud as it is. There's a reason why Spurs have done it that way. There's a reason why the Sud Tribune has done that way. It's to group all the loudest supporters together. Um, and it's also um, better, best, better acoustically. Oh, um, okay. And I'm just, I'm just wondering why 
if we had all that time and all that money, we couldn't make at least one of the ends like that. I, I still don't understand it, given how big that site is going to be once we've redesigned it. Mm. Um, I, I'm not sure they're ambitious, ambitious enough. But anyway, that's my personal my personal moment. But I think, yeah, I think it's going to end up being Wembley. I just I can't see where else we can go. Interesting. Like I said, I think, um, yeah, I, I get your point about best of bad. Like, I'm, I'm intrigued that Arsenal, who, who've apparently put their, their hand up and said, no, you're not sharing with us, have also had a slight second. Maybe this is, you know, again, this is me being a cynic, but money talks, you know, we'll give you this yeah. amount of money, um, helps them pay back the interest on any loans or whatever. Um, and, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, the, it's not like we'd be ground sharing with the, the, the you know, the loathed Tottenham or the loathed QPR, Arsenal and Chelsea. They, yeah, we, are, we can say we dislike each other, but the fans really haven't. You know, the ag, the levels of ag aren't there that they are with with other clubs in London. And and for me, you know, it's a ready-made ground that would easily fit capacity. Have we it's asked? Not, it's, only, it's only because you, you can't have ag with people who drink latte. <laughs> yes, it's dif- it's difficult it's when like they're wearing beer drinking. People. Yes, yeah. Yeah. You've, 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 heard, you've heard about the latte firm. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've they. I I, I admit it. Must, it's very difficult. I think, to, I think I can lose. Yeah, I can lose. it's quite difficult to get stroppy with people wearing, um, you know, lumberjack shirts and skinny jeans and um, and the like, you know. Um, but I stereotype. Um, uh, it's, it's an interesting conversation, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna draw it to a close. We've done an hour and a half. Dan is absolutely chomping at his arm now because I think his dinner's ready. Um, oh. Uh, uh, and I just want to, uh, I'll, I'll just do the, the outro now. Um, and, um, I think we'll, we'll be one more pod in shed this season, the post season one. Uh, so that'll be in about three or four weeks time when we potentially could be FA Cup winners. We could potentially, if Spurs go ultra Spursy in the last three games, we could be in fourth. Um, Liverpool could potentially slip up but I think I I can't see it really um, Spurs have got a ridiculously easy looking run in as well um, uh, uh, as as you might expect and, and hey you know if, if it gives them another season in front of us I'll, out of two out of about 30 then then so be it um, just want to do this uh, the parish notices so um, you can pick the pod and shut up on, on iTunes um, when it's released it's usually a day or two after after we've put it in the can and sent it off to uh, our dear leader Nick uh, or you can go to uh, just google podinshed.com and you'll find a veritable cornucopia of episodes going back um, which will no doubt out be dug up and, and used by Chelsea historians in years to come when they want to go back and see just how miserable a single football club could make its fans um, a, a quick plug for the Chelsea Supporters Trust um, uh, it's a good idea to join the Trust I joined it and Kweku's obviously joined it um, you get to do surveys and you get to attend meetings if you pay £5 um, because that makes you a voting member and you get a free badge or it's not free it's cost you £5 obviously um, non-voting members can join up for free um, and if you want to sign up uh, just go to ChelseaSupportersTrust.com um, or you can follow them on Twitter, which is at Chelsea S Trust. Um, the next pod in shed, like I said, um, will or maybe in four weeks, um, uh, because of course we stick by our um, now um, familiar mantra of we pod when we want. Um, thank you very much, chaps. It's been an absolute pleasure as as ever, and I, I've really enjoyed the fact that we've been able to, um, you know. Uh, d- 
go into a little bit more detail and, and a bit more depth on certain subjects rather than just sort of saying, well, he's crap and he should go and we were rubbish against them. We should do this, do that. It's, it's quite nice to get into, um, uh, some of the depth and the politics and, and some of the, uh, the, the, the like broader issues that affect us as, as, as Chelsea fans. That's, and, and that's what we say about the host of the show. Well, indeed. And, um, but also to, uh, you know, to, 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 to look at, you know, that some of these aspects will no doubt, um, when we reconvene, you know, next season, we'll probably, you know, we'll have a World Cup to discuss. And, um, you know, it becomes, uh, you know, a lot of the issues that we suffer from, we think we're doing, you know, we do it uh, uniquely. But, of course, other fans are having probably similar experiences with their clubs. Um, uh, and while we laugh at them, we sh- deep inside, deep in our darkest parts of our soul, we know that, you know, they're no different to us really um so uh thank you very much i want to say thank you to kweku for for coming on and being absolutely crystal clear that's one of the best investments you ever made that new headset kweku well thank you very much um i just hope i said some. (laughs) it's top quality it's always a pleasure Um, and we can argue about politics on twitter Okay, yeah. <laughs> indeed. Uh, thank you very much, Dan. Uh, go and have your dinner, mate. Um, a real, real pleasure to have you. Um, hopefully, I'll see you in the pub on Sunday before the game. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. I look forward to seeing you Sunday. Exactly, mate. Uh, Donal, um, uh, late, but you're Captain America. Your Captain America persona, um, I think, as you said, was pretty much spot on. Um, you, mm. you, you have held up uh, a shield to us all. Okay. <laughs> can, I, can I just say, I, I don't think my musical interludes work anymore, but I have one ready for playing out, which we'll see if it works. Okay. Because, of course, we, we have to say goodbye to Mr. Wilkins. On, oh, on the pod indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, it's a very, very good point, so, actually. I should have covered so that. So I've got my goodbye yeah. music, but I fear, I fear it may be dead air. Okay. I have tried to uh, sort it all out. So when we said goodbye, I'll just... Indeed. We'll hope for the best. Indeed. Thanks very much. And Martin, um, a pleasure as ever. Um, if uh, if you're in the pub on Sunday and you hear somebody shouting Thor, um, or watch out for that fucking hammer, um, you'll know that it's me coming in and saying hello to you, mate. <laughs> Yeah, something about me having a massive hammer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be could it be mixing that up with hangover. I mean, you know, just listen That's carefully. <laughs> just listen very carefully. Um, listen, in thanks very much. City called hangover. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah, listen, thanks, guys. It's been a, a real pleasure. Um, uh, hopefully, uh, we get we we had massively positive feedback on the last episode, um, and I think we're going to get massively positive feedback on this one. Um, I, I I do want to try and separate it a bit from the fan cast, so. Um, uh, hopefully, uh, Dan's just popped off. So, um, over to you, Donal, music maestro, please. Can you hear that? No, dead air again, mate. Dead air. <laughs> oh dear! Oh. You probably Same. need if if you t- if you tell me what it is before we do the next podding shed. Yeah. I, I've got a very nifty um, Bluetooth speaker. It's actually a Marshall one, and it looks precisely like a Marshall amp. Um, yeah, I'm just it, trying to play it through Skype. I think I need to put it on a different device and just yeah. play it into the microphone. Yeah, which is which is random. which. Yeah, it must be something that's happened between Skype and the Immorto recorder. Yeah, or whatever, but yeah. So probably. apologies, but I'll, I'll okay. sort it out. Okay, lovely. Um, well, thanks very much, chaps. Thanks, Martin. Thanks, Kweku. Um, thanks, right. Donal. Um, and with that point, yeah. um, thank you very much, listener, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>